Welcome to Little Cabin Knits, episode 71, Knitting with Friends. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a knitter, crocheter, crafter, mental health therapist, and mother to my beautiful toddler boy. I live in the wilds of Alaska. Not so wild to me, but it might be wild to you. <laughs> and Little Cabin Knits is a twice-monthly podcast all about all of my favorite things that I just mentioned. In today's episode, I have the segments of administration around the fire, on the couch, on the shelf, personal skill set, and contemplation corner. So come along with me and grab a cup of your choice or just sit back and relax. And let's talk about my favorite subjects, being a mom and crafting. We've been having a lot of rain here in Alaska this summer. A few days, uh, literally maybe a handful of days have been sunny, but I think we've turned the tide. But this last rainfall was pretty fun. And so I recorded about 30 seconds worth of me just listening to the rainfall as I took a break in my car for a second. (laughs) So enjoy. administration. Well, I don't have much to tell you today for administration. Everything's kind of covered. Um, you can find me as Anders Mill Knits on Instagram and Ravelry. We have a Ravelry group, which is called Between Knits and Pearls, because usually I do have a YouTube channel. I just haven't recorded it since July. My co-host and I did record a live Instagram feed um, last week, And that was really fun. But finding the time for both of us, she's a new farmer. She like she just bought a farm (laughs) and this is her first year being a farmer. (laughs) So, you know, she's got her hands full and my hands are full with my little boy. So it's been really hard to get the time to record a video podcast. But we do have hopes and dreams. Speaking of hopes and dreams, I have been contemplating creating a twice-monthly uh, online knit group that for our for those subscribers to our Ko-Fi account, I think. I, I think I can do that. Maybe it's only Patreon that you can do that. I have to look into it, but I've been thinking about that. It's also been requested of me um, to do kind of like a... Uh, I guess you would call it a um, a support group for knitters and crocheters and crafters. I wouldn't be your therapist or anything like that. I'd be a, I guess you could term me as a life coach in this scenario. Uh, and we would just all meet uh, two times a month. And I have to figure out what I would ask for as far as like subscription level on Ko-Fi. Which, by the way, I had a random person donate to the podcast uh, after last episode so thank you very much 
I really appreciate that. And speaking of other things, uh, oh, anyway, wait, hold on before I go on. Um, so I haven't nailed that down yet. Um, because I will talk about why in Around the Fire. Um, but uh, I really do like this idea. I think this is very a very worthwhile thing to do, something that I can freely offer and want to offer. And so I think that would be really wonderful, and it would help secure the future continuation of Little Cabin Knits. So that would be amazing if I could pull this off. So stay tuned to this channel for more information on that. <laughs> um, but as for the, uh, the winners of the Knit What You Love, Crochet What You Love, uh, Knit Along, Craft Along, Crochet Along, uh, Leslie Lake Life, she got in touch with me and I did not know she was in Canada and... I can't afford to ship to Canada, so she was so kind and let me buy her a pattern on Ravelry. Thank you, Leslie. You, mwah! I'm so grateful that we are friends now. Like, you have been amazing. So, and try Linda. I just noticed that you messaged me on uh, Ravelry. And so, luckily, you are in Pennsylvania. I can ship to Pennsylvania without breaking my budget. <laughs> So I will be sending off your prize in the mail as soon as I am able. So thank you guys so much for joining in that. I hope you guys are having a wonderful summer and let's get on to Around the Fire. Hey my friends, future Emily coming back in to add an, ad an addendum to the administration portion. I forgot to mention that I have now planned out my second knit and crochet camp out for Alaska. Uh, it's going to be September 9th from 12 to 9 p.m. again at the Bird Creek Campground. And this time around, I'm so excited. We've added two things. One, we're doing a white elephant fiber exchange, fiber yarn, right? And I've got all the details down uh, about how it needs to be... Um, an item either from Stash or that you purchase that is between $20 and $25. If it's from Stash, you need to mark it as from Stash so that the receiver knows that they might need to put it in the freezer for a little bit before they want to put it in their own Stash. And the other thing is, is that I have some new-to-me um, independent dyers coming to vend for the day at the camp out and they were kind of nervous they were like is how much would it cost us to do to do the vending and so on and so forth and I was like no no cost no I just want you to succeed I saw you guys on Instagram you are freaking amazing in your color styles and choices and scents and I want you to succeed so come and be a part of that and on top of that they've agreed that I can interview them for the podcast so I've got that in the works we got to arrange our schedule so that we can talk but I'm so excited about this um, and everybody I've already got let's see I posted it I think it was Thursday and today is Saturday and I've already had over 15 people RSVP which is hilarious because last time I asked people to RSVP and only about mm, a third of the people RSVP'd who showed up and this time I didn't ask anybody to RSVP and 15 people have already emailed me <laughs> saying that they're coming <laughs> I don't understand it. Whatever. It's all good. But I'm so excited. Uh, you know, if this turns into be a regular thing, you know, 
I have a daydream. I think it's because this is also happening right now. The Super Summer Knitaway is happening down in Tennessee. I think it's Tennessee. I think right now and hosted by the Knit Girls. Man, I would love to be able to have something like that up here or at least a retreat, a true and honest retreat where people, especially people from the lower 48, come up and enjoy my home. Like, I want you guys to, like, coming to Alaska for most people is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I want you to not only come and knit with me, but I want you to see and truly take in all that is Alaska, which doesn't mean that we would do a whole bunch of adventure things. Like I, I wouldn't, like if you wanted to do these things on your own, you totally could. But with my retreat, I wouldn't say, oh, we're going to go on a, sea, uh, a whale watching cruise or we're going to go uh, do a fly-in so we can see bears out in the wild. Those things are wonderful, but the cost that they add to an adventure such as coming to Alaska is uh, crippling. So I probably wouldn't do that. Uh, what I would do is plan things that we Alaskans do all the time. Like if it's in the fall, let's do an afternoon of berry picking or let's do a day hike or let's go fishing in the Kenai River or let's go canoeing with, you know, with my friends. I've got so many friends who have canoes that I can beg, borrow and <clears throat> steal <laughs> for the day so we can do those kinds of things. Like, let's go four-wheeling if you want to go four-wheeling, you know? Let's let's do the things that we Alaskans do. You know what would be really fun is if we did a truly Alaskan thing, which is we go out for the day four-wheeling, and in the engine block we have our dinner cooking as we're four-wheeling, and then when we get to our destination or arrive back at camp, we have dinner already because it's been cooking in the engine block the whole time. That is such an Alaskan thing to do. <laughs> Or go wildflower hunting. All those kinds of things. Wouldn't that just be amazing? Are you guys picturing this? Like, ah. Oh. <sighs> I just, I want this to happen so badly. Maybe next year. We'll see. Yeah. Any of my friends out there, any listeners who have uh, organized a retreat before, hit me up. Let, let me pick your ear, right? And maybe we can make something like that happen for 2024. That would be so amazing. Anyway, back to the regular scheduled program. So I'm outside my family's Sunday gathering for dinner, and I thought I'd just record a couple seconds of me walking in and just the general chatter of the family as we gather together. I don't know how loud it's going to be, but I thought it would be nice. Are you snuggling with Grandpa Jim Beam? I mean, not them necessarily, but so oh, I, 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 yeah. I a big roofing company come out and work on it, yeah. Everybody's eating? Who made flatbread? Around the fire, 
Well, July has been a wonderful month so far, and it's only the 22nd, which happens to be my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, sis. Love you. Let's see. Since I last recorded, we had July 4th, and that was so much fun. It was pretty low-key, honestly, because we made sure not to plan anything until after Jimmy had had his second nap. And then after that, we went up to... Jeremy's parents' house and saw and spent the afternoon and evening with uh, friends that live in the neighborhood. We had a neighborhood barbecue, which was so fun. Uh, we admired uh, the deck that a friend and uh, that a friend, a couple friend. Wait, is that how you say it? Co- uh, friends that are a couple. Yeah, had just built on their house. It was I was really impressed that they did that all themselves. Like just really amazing. I don't have those skills. And we met, uh, we spent the time with Jeremy's dad, his, I don't know if you call her a stepmom or what, but his dad's wife, Joni, who I just call my mother-in-law because that's what she is to me. And and Jeremy's sister, Jess, had come up for the day, literally the day uh, from Washington. And so we got to spend the day with her and it was her first time meeting little Jimmy. And he was such a stinker. Like he is so funny when he meets a new person, he gets really anxious and really just wants to bury himself in mommy or daddy's arms. And so it took quite a few hours before he felt more comfortable with, with Aunt Jess. And But by the evening after dinner, he was having a rollicking good time. It also helps that when my son gets super tired, he gets very silly. He doesn't get cranky. He gets very silly. And he just um, just has a rollicking good time with whoever is present. And so at that by that time he was just really enjoying Aunt Jess and just giggling up a storm. It was so cute and funny. I loved it. And then let's see what else has happened since then. I've just been super busy with um crocheting um commissioned uh projects from people, people who are paying me money to create things for them and it's been really amazing I've never never done this before and it's been quite the learning curve for me anyway in my mind not actual the act of doing it but you know I I've I've always felt that my knitting and well just plainly knitting until recently has been way too time intensive to be able to do this for other people and on a commission basis uh, however, like it's been really helpful. Like it's, it's, it's like little miracles are happening. Like, um, like, well, th- like I won't have enough money in the bank to go to the grocery store. And then somebody will ask me, Hey, if I send you money, can you create this for me? And I'm like, yeah. And they send me money right then uh, not waiting for the pro-, pro for the product, the finished product. They just send me money right then. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is weird. I haven't even done anything for you yet. And and actually putting a price point on things has been pretty difficult for me uh, because I want to be fair to them and fair to me. And so um, I'm using more economical yarns to kind of counter the fact that I am um, putting not a low, not necessarily a lower price point on my commission crochet projects, but, you know, not not asking an astronomical amount because I'm also using 
super expensive yarn, if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been having a really great time with that process, which has also meant, though, that I haven't been um, exploring more things around cooking and things like I've been doing in the past. Um, and also, the Jimmy's at this stage where if I make any noise whatsoever while he's taking a nap, even with his white noise machine on, and I might even have a fan on in the house or something, if he hears my footfall, he will wake up immediately. And I'm just like, oh boy. So I haven't been able to do my chores while he's sleeping like I used to. So that's been interesting making that transition. So I've been using that time. I've been telling myself that when he sleeps is when I work on my commission projects. And that means I've been very productive actually this month. But it also means I've been hyper-focused as well. Uh, because I want to honor the fact that people are entrusting me with this and I want to do things that are well made uh, and done in a timely manner and and things like that so yeah but (laughs) it also means that I've been asking Mr. Rado to help me more and more around the house he's been he is such a good cook like tonight he made us shrimp tacos uh, and um, it, it was literally just seasoned shrimp, a sprinkling of lime and cheese on, on a flour tortilla and with a side of tater tots, <laughs> but they were so good. Like he is just an amazing cook so much better than I am. Like the things that I make are seriously hit and miss. Uh, like the other night I saw a recipe for taking hot dogs, wrapping them in croissant rolls and then spreading um, a can of chili around them and baking them for 30 minutes and they're supposedly come out beautiful. Well, in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to first, I'm going to do this, but I need to first bake the hot dogs in the croissant rolls in the oven for maybe three minutes less than the recommended time to cook the croissants on their own, which is 15 minutes. So I cooked them for 12 minutes. They looked nice and brown and crispy. And so I thought, okay, great. I'm going to put in the chili and really only needs about 10 minutes tops to warm up the chili in the pan. And then it'll be great. It wasn't great, my friends. I took it out and the dough to the croissants was still dough. Like the tops were crispy but the bottoms and the sides were dough. And that by that point, it had been in the oven for 25 minutes. Guess how long it took to actually cook these? And they still were a little bit doughy. It took another half an hour. I was so disillusioned, so mad. You know, here's the thing. People put these recipes out on the internet, and they always say how great they are. Don't believe them, okay? Just... Um, like if you don't have the know-how and knowledge of years and years of cooking to know if something like makes sense in your head, such as, um, the fact that because I rolled my hot dogs in the croissant rolls, that would make them more juicy, which means they would need more time in the oven before I put in the chili, which, by the way, the recipe said that you put it all in the pan at once and cook it all together at once. There were no stages of cooking things at different times and stuff like I had planned. <sighs> but if you don't, if you don't have the know-how, these people are on, that are on the internet—they are so misleading. And boy, howdy, 
I am, I am so frustrated with that. Like, I like the ideas that I see, but the execution is not what they portray on there. And you really, uh, like, I've been, I've been taking to sending recipes to my mom to say, what do you think? Are they telling the truth? What's your opinion on things? And my mom will, will tell me the truth. And, and because of her, I've learned to avoid some uh, websites and not others. And another pet peeve of mine is now all recipes is only a website and I can never seem to get on just all the recipes. Like they just have all these stupid articles (laughs) and I apologize for being so, so, um, emphatic about this, but every time they go to their website, they just want to send me articles of the 10 best recipes for summer bakes or the 15 quickest uh, family dinners so on and so forth. I'm like, I just want to look up how to make, I don't know, I'm just going off the top of my head, oatmeal. Just, I mean, I know how to make oatmeal, but off the top of my head, oatmeal. Well, I can't, I can't seem to navigate their website now to get to just finding an oatmeal recipe. It's, oh, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. We don't need to go into this. Emily's going to come down off of her annoyed horse and just say that, um, I'm I'm going to start writing down, or I have been writing down, but I'm going to be collecting more and more my tried and true recipes into my uh, notebook and just referring back to them again and again and stop this whole let's try something new kind of thing. For right now, I need to stop trying new things and stick to the things that I am confident and competent in cooking and maybe then I will stop being so frustrated and I will feel the creative juices and the adventurous side of my cooking self come back. And I'm okay with that. So that's what I'm going to do for right now. So for instance, tomorrow night we're having spaghetti because I'm a dang good spaghetti cooker. So just saying. By the way, I use uh, Italian sausage. I never use hamburger meat for my spaghetti. It gives it a little zing uh, without putting it over the top and I also put in a little cream into my tomato sauce so that the the acid is cut down and I think for me anyway that really that really elevates my spaghetti I'm just saying anyway (laughs) I'm gonna stop the whole around the fire thing now Emily from the future here. So uh, this next uh, segment is me interviewing two of my girlfriends that are in my knit group with me. And we had to pause quite a few times for, for planes going overhead. And, uh, but, and we had to record outside. We just had to because it was a gorgeous day. That was the reason. And so I hope you enjoy this. I've combined the segments of personal skill set on the shelf on the couch uh, all into this one big block so I hope you enjoy this I had such a good time talking to my friends Lisa and Mira they are such good company so intelligent and thoughtful and yet at the same time just really gung-ho for an adventure especially when it involves their knitting um, craft life. So please enjoy this next segment. 
Well, welcome to personal skill set segment. Today I am knitting and crocheting. I'm crocheting, my girlfriends are knitting with two of my girlfriends from our knit group. So about half of us are here today, huh? Because usually there's about five or six of us. Yeah. We've got three. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to figure out my skein now because my son got a hold of it. Wow. <laughs> he did so great. Um, so this is Emily. You all know me. Hello. But I've got my friend Myra and my friend Lisa here. And I am going to let them introduce themselves. I kind of gave them a little bit of a, like, like introduce yourself to however you want uh kind of a leeway so keep it clean ladies no, i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding no i but um yes so uh we'll start with lisa because she's at an awkward spot in her name <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm lisa and i've been knitting since spring of 2012 so a little over 11 years yeah. and i still feel like a new knitter and like I love it just as much as when I started. Yeah. And I feel like I've known you, Emily, since 2017. So six years. So At half least. of my knitting career. Yeah, half of your <laughs> knitting career. And we met while you were knitting one of your famous to me anyway skirts. Your mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it was it wasn't brioche because I don't think you've even knit brioche, mm -hmm. have you? It's all color work skirts, aren't they? Yep. And you have a love affair with the the hardier wools mm -hmm. for those things don't you yeah i started off with a 100 percent virgin wool ella ray yeah and at first it felt like i was wrestling a sheep yeah because right? it felt so tough and then one day i was knitting and it just suddenly felt soft mm. <laughs> and you and you knit your sweaters out of that too i have right? knit sweaters out of it and icelandic uh, wool most after i did the skirt series which i have a few more to finish um, I moved over to Let Lopi Icelandic yes. wool for sweaters yes. because my son went to Iceland uh, in 2019 and I joked with him and said, if you see a, a yarn store, uh, tell them if you wouldn't mind, go in and just buy one skein of yarn, any color that you think I would like and tell them that your mother's a knitter and <laughs> see if they'll se sell you one Icelandic, authentic Iceland Icelandic sweater pattern. Oh, I didn't hear, know about that. Oh, that's yep. where that's where the sweater pawn came out of. Because didn't you knit that for him? No, I made it for myself. Oh, okay. Um, but but the funny part was I learned later because I've never been to Iceland. Was if you see a yarn store, he was definitely going to see a yarn store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. when he went into the yarn store, he told them that his mother's a knitter, and he picked out a gorgeous color of yellow or uh, purple latlope. Yes. And then they sold him a whole pattern book. That's right. Yeah, not just one pattern. So I made uh, a sweater from that sweater pattern book. Okay. And yeah. you guys will have to excuse us. Some dogs are going crazy in the background. I don't I don't have any control over that. Um, and it's a rare sunny day. That, well, rare for this summer anyway, in Alaska. And so we decided to be outside. So the ambient noise is what it is. We want to get back to all of the stuff that you were just talking about, Lisa, but you need to count and figure out where you're at. So, Myra, will you introduce yourself? How do we know each other? Why do we know each other? And, like, how cool of a person are you? Because you're freaking pretty darn awesome. So, my name is Mira. I started See, I always kind of knitting. say your name wrong. Don't you just love me? Um, back in 
18, I think. Um, it's only been that long? Really? <clears throat> I think so, because my mom picked it up from a friend from her concert band. Uh-huh. And then took me along to some of the lessons. Like, oh, I like this, because when I tried learning in high school from, like, a class at my library, mm -hmm. I think I just hated the yarn in the project, because mm -hmm. it was just a simple scarf with, like, yep. that really feathery sort of yarn. Oh, yeah, you can't even read your stitches with those. You can't, and I'm, I think they no. picked it because it hides the mistakes. Yeah. But that. that was... I like seeing my stitches because I get a lot of what I do is really intricate cable work. Mm -hmm. um, so I love seeing all of my stitches. You know what's so weird? Sorry, I just, I, I want to talk about your cable work and stuff, but at the same time, I, I just can't get over the fact that you've only been knitting since 2018. I feel like I've known you a lot longer than that. I might be a little off on the date. But no, I don't think you. I don't think you are because I, I know right, we met was... when I came when I moved back from Portland. We met at the yarn store, mm -hmm. and... and I was only a year or two in when COVID hit. Okay, then you are you are dead on. So then, had you just moved to Alaska when we met? Or... No. So um, I moved up here in um, I came up to teach. Uh -huh. And so I spent a year out in the village, and that would have been the 13-14 school year. Okay. So summer 14 is when I ended up in... We're going to pause for that airplane. All right, we had to pause for that annoying airplane. My listeners know that, uh, based off of my last episode, that I've got a lot of airplanes that come over. So, Mira, you were saying uh, you can, you moved to Alaska in 13-14. Mm -hmm. Yeah, year. I would have come up originally, like, August of 13. Okay. So you are a true Alaskan at this point, because that's how we measure it. I like to think so. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a lecture. I don't think it was a TED Talk. I can't remember where it was. But they were talking about how this idea that we as human beings are supposed to, like, stay in one place is a fallacy. That since the beginning of the human existence, we have been migrants. And, you know, like, migrant workers, like... You know, we choose to move to a different place and start a new life. Maybe we start farming and maybe we stay around for a couple generations, maybe even like 10 generations. But then again, we start migrating again. Isn't that interesting? Because I just, I've always thought to myself that uh, this whole thing of everybody moving around our country and around the world is kind of, has been kind of a newish thing because... We, our our traveling ability has become so much more access, accessible. Accessible? Did I say the word mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But and I just and I just thought to myself that moving to the United States and across across the plains and everything like that that was a unique thing, and that now we're just experiencing it because again it's so it's more accessible. But I was thinking backwards, like we are meant to move about to like like this whole idea of being attached to our families and living with them for generation to generation is not really actually a, a, a thing that we humans do. So you are following the human tradition. Whereas I can't stand the idea of leaving Alaska again. I did it once. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> not really planning on doing it again. Yeah. Um, and I'm, which is interesting. My family's actually been pioneers more or less for generations. Mm-hmm. 
and just slowly moving west across the country. And is that what your family did, Lisa? Do you think? <clears throat> or my family? Yeah, actually, yeah. <clears throat> on my mother's side, um, my my mother's parents are not originally from the United States. They're from Europe. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Both of them actually met each other and fell in love in China, of all places. Really? Uh huh. Your then, grandparents. Uh huh. Wow. Yep. My great grandpa was a rabbi at a synagogue in Shanghai in the 30s. Whoa. And Shanghai was a like a city of the world. This is even before World War II. Right. Was um, getting started. It was just, uh, they welcomed people from all over the world. They mm -hmm. really wanted people to come there and live there. And um, Qinghai's always been so unique like that. Like, open door policy almost. Actually, I don't know about nowadays, since the pandemic. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my great-grandfather got his job as a rabbi at that synagogue when my grandma was 15 and her sisters were younger. Mm. And when she turned 18, three years later, she, and she, she herself and... Her younger sisters, uh, they took, I think it used to take months to get to China by boat. Yeah. But she took her sisters mm -hmm. and they reunited with their parents. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe, now that I have done the math and looked backwards, so my grandmother uh, fell in love with an older man and he was already friends with my her, her father mm -hmm. and coming over for like Friday night the Sabbath dinners, mm -hmm. and he was like 14 years older than her. So I think she really? must have met him right away and fallen in love. And I think they married when she was only 20. Wow. Yeah. So grand, your your grandpa was a, your, your would that be your great-great-grandfather's friend, and that's how he was introduced to your grandma. Mm-hmm. And he was at least 14 years older than he her? He was 14 years older than her. Wow. He already definitely was. Yeah. And uh, so then years later, um, <clears throat> in the late 40s uh -huh. they wanted to move to the United States uh -huh. and he ended up uh, getting a teaching job at the University of Washington so that's oh. how they settled in Seattle okay and then by the time I was a little kid in Seattle my mother's other siblings had all basically moved away and mm. one moved to Alaska during the pipeline days to teach at the high school in Valdez mm. oh were they there during the earthquake no, they came in 77. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, the earthquake was in 64, I believe. Six, so 77 yes. was when the town was expanding because of the pipeline. And being pipeline. rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Valdez pretty much disappeared. Yes. Uh, because of the earthquake. Actually, I think it really did disappear, didn't it? Because of the monsoon. I mean, what did they call it? Is it a tidal know. wave? Or? Uh, it was a tsunami. Wave. Tsunami. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. And... So if you guys don't know, so this is a sad story about the the 64 earthquake. So back in the day, uh, Valdez used to get all of their supplies via ship. Uh -huh. And so the day that the earthquake happened, the ship had just come in with all the supplies. So literally the entire town was gathering on the docks oh, gosh. to not only get their supplies, but they had a whole bunch of family members that were on the ship. So when the earthquake happened, I think a little over half the town was on the dock and they all were killed. Like, I don't know of anybody who survived that. I know of my, uh, my dad's friends were down there, um, an entire family of, I can't remember if it was four or five, 
a dad, a mom, and three ta three young kids, like young, young kids. And they were there welcoming somebody home off of the, the ship, and they all died on the docks. And my dad remembers this to this day. Actually, my dad loves to tell stories of the earthquake, loves it. Um, but this is a story that he hadn't told me until recently. Like, I didn't know about this part. Um, but I've heard, I hear about people who were... Um, on their way there and saw the docks disappear. Mm -hmm. I, I heard of the people on the boat who were watching all of this happen and they literally couldn't do anything about it. I just, anyway, so your uncle or aunt? It was my aunt, my mom's sister. Mm -hmm. But she came up about what, 15, no, 10, 15 years after this happened. So it was being rebuilt at that point. And it, the town got moved how many miles? Uh, five uh, miles. Yeah, down five the road. miles. Or they down created the road. five miles down the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we can still go to Valdez and see the marker for the old town. Yep. Because actually they've expanded back into the old town. Mm hmm You know, because they've grown so much. Mm-hmm. We say that, but Valdez is still, compared to the cities in the lower 48. <laughs> like, oh. or even compared to Anchorage. Yeah. Not Anchorage even a barely compares to the <laughs> I know, cities right? in the lower 48. We're just sprawled out. That's what it is. We're not packed in, for the most part, we're not packed in so much. Oh, yeah. Like, we're getting more and more apartment complexes, but growing up, the condo complex that I live in now was really one of the only that I knew of in all of Anchorage. Um, and actually, what's really funny, I found, out, I found this out the other day, um, some family friends were up here visiting, and they stopped by to meet Jimmy, and they said, you'll never believe this, but we actually lived in this condo, this exact unit. We owned this one when it was first built in 81. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So it's come around to me, to us again. That's so, really neat. Yeah. But so it was my great migrations. And you, so you guys, did you come up here, Lisa, because of your aunt? I did. Or? So then when I was a teenager, I came to visit her mm -hmm. in between uh, sophomore and junior year of high school. And ah. halfway through the trip, I thought, why don't I just stay here and go to work with her every day? That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I finished would. high school in Valdez, and then I went to community college there until I maxed mm. out and needed to come to Anchorage for the university because I, I wanted a bachelor's degree. Yep. Yep. But one of the people I went to community college with was a survivor of that earthquake and tsunami. Really? She would tell the stories as well. She was a child when it happened. And... <clears throat> It was a lot of loss, you know, for the yeah. survivors, obviously. So and was she was she on the dock, or was her family close by, or did, had they not had they not gone that day? I feel like she lost. My recollection is she did lose family members, and she does remember seeing things like mm -hmm. horrific things. Because the, then the fires happened and everything. Yeah. Because what was it? There was there wasn't was there an oil refinery there at that time, or there was something that caught fire, and then the the town burnt down i don't remember those details i do remember though that i mm -hmm. I, I can am tell I you exactly where old town is yeah because i was gonna say am i getting am i getting my stories mixed up was there maybe it may there be was possible. another town that got burnt because we lost how many we lost about four villages completely mm -hmm. wiped out yes i know seward lost their entire seafront which is That's why right. anchorage became the new port. the new port. new port and which is why it's the big town because it was the only ice-free port left yep. on the railroad system. Because technically Anchorage it doesn't have anything really to offer 
I mean, not. I mean, technically, not even as a port. I mean, we had to it, do a lot of work. It's to... not a great one, but yeah. it was ice free all yep. year round, mm-hmm. and it had a functioning rail station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can uh, on the podcast can hear Jimmy in the background. He's having a great time. So <laughs> he's just had an entire banana, so he's a little wired. Oh, man, heavy subject. I didn't mean for it to get heavy. So I apologize for that. But. Well, I don't think I realized that people naturally moved. I always, I, I, now that you're bringing it up, if you would have asked me 15 minutes ago, I would have thought it was always caused by kind of like crises or shortages or yeah. violence or, you know, something that caused the move because, because of the way that we hear it portrayed these days, which is um, the places that people are going to don't seem to want them yep yep and what's funny though is that you are actually right that is the reasons why traditionally the migration has happened but if we think about it in a modern sense according to the lecture that i listened to we just kind of had to we shifted our mind uh, our, our mind thinking so we don't consider like um you two moved to anchorage for school and jobs that's the typical kind of thing these days but we have a stigma against now the people who are moving to the United States for work or escaping persecution and war. It's interesting how our mind has shifted in that way, that it's okay for us to be migrants, which we don't even call ourselves that, when we're doing it for a sedentary type of, or not a sedentary, um, 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 an internal life change. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it's an outside pressure, we now have this stigma placed on it. I don't know if I'm explaining it exactly right. I think you're right about, yeah, it's that. Mm-hmm. And also, um, maybe if it's like a trickle versus well, large numbers. Also, yeah. the pressure it puts on the community. Because mm-hmm. Lisa or I, we come up for school, we come up for work. We can more You're or less contributing to the community. pull our weight. We yes. can contribute to the community. Mm-hmm. Even if um, it's like, okay, college student, maybe that's deferred contributing, but it's still... <laughs> it, yeah. It's a paying customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we're not relying on the charity. Well, what's interesting is that all of these Ukrainian refugees that we've been taking in Mm -hmm. all across the United States, but I mean, how many do you think we've, Lisa, you're more up to date on the numbers, I think. Are we in the hundreds now? Yeah, at minimum of Ukrainian refugees here, just here in Anchorage. We're not even talking about Alaska. And I don't even think we're talking about the Matsu. Because I mean, I know they've expanded to putting them out there. Uh Uh-oh, we got a drop stitch. There we go. but I've noticed the accepting and open arm policy that Anchorage has taken towards the Ukrainian refugees is a lot different than uh, like even Filipino refugees, but which I don't even think we have any Filipino refugees technically, but. We probably did in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw a lot really of that bad. in Seattle. Yeah. But I, I would say Anchorage has been, um, a few years ago, I saw that Anchorage, the Anchorage School District, mm-hmm. and particularly my son's high school for one year, East High School, it was the most diverse in the yes. entire nation. By mm-hmm. counting the number of languages natively spoken by our students. 
Yes. Isn't that fascinating? But not just limited to Alaska Natives it, that are already Alaska mm -hmm. uh, residents, but also from all over the world. Yep. That kind of thing uh, makes me so proud. I agree, but especially it, when you consider Anchorage is considered a um, conservative town. Mm -hmm. It also, though, um, and I, I am playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but mm -hmm. that places a lot of strain on the school community because it's one thing if I'm teaching a heavily ESL class that all speaks the same language because mm -hmm. um, I did my student teaching um, in a small town outside of Portland. Mm. Three quarters of my class was Spanish ESL, mm -hmm. but they were all Spanish. And so, and so there was a lot more, okay, yes, but I now know, okay, what are the commonalities that's going to be your mix-ups for Spanish mm -hmm. or Spanish to English? I can look at a student's work, go, oh, here's the mistake you've made. Mm -hmm. I know exactly why you made it because I know how this is done in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Versus like Somali or... But Somali, if I have three-quarters of my students and mm -hmm. that that is an excessive number... But I've even got three or four different languages. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're being excessive there. Um, That is a lot. Yeah. That That is like orders of magnitude. We're not even multiplying. It's yeah. exponential at this point mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the challenges on the teacher. I never yeah. thought about that being an impact on my teachers in my elementary school. I was um, in elementary school in the 70s in Seattle when we had... Southeast Asian refugees mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. from Laos, mm -hmm. Cambodia, Vietnam, probably, and I think the Philippines also. Mm -hmm. And our school had, I mean, there were so, we, the children who spoke English were in the minority and the children who were coming from other countries mm -hmm. were all in ESL. Mm -hmm. But I never thought about the teachers having to deal with all of the different ways that, right? yeah. That I they, didn't either. No, until, I never Literally until you just said it. It, it. it puts a whole new spin on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope, Mira, that you feel that our community respects you and appreciates you. I mean, we don't pay you guys well enough. That's for dang sure. But... I could knit. I was a substitute teacher when I first moved back to Alaska. I don't know how you people do it. <laughs> like, talk about stress level through the roof. I could not do it. All right, we're going to pause for a minute because I need to go grab my scissors. And then when we come back, we'll get off the subject of introductions and migration and we'll get onto the subject of knitting. Because <laughs> I guess. We're migrating I'm, subjects. We're migrating subjects. There we go. We're back. Jim Bean has joined us for a little bit. The sun is a little too much for him, so we might have to pause again so I can take him inside. Because I don't want you to get too much sun. No. No. That's Mama's hat. But I thought we would start off by talking. You guys conveniently are both working on pretty epic projects. So, each of you. So, why don't we talk? Uh, Mira, why don't you start us off? Because I want you to drop more stitches and you're in the <laughs> middle of a row. <laughs> I am indeed. So my current project, I am making a um, Guernsey style sweater for my brother. Who Do is, you know what the name of the pattern is? Um, it is called, 
Um, I'll be able to look it up when okay. I get to the end of a row. Okay. Um. You're grabbing Mama's stuff. It is um a color work one, so I've got two colors at the moment. Mm -hmm. And my brother is an absolute giant. Yeah. Um. So I had to do quite a bit of algebra, actually, to figure out like how many stitches should I be casting on. But it's also done sideways, so I'm actually knitting from the right side of the sweater, that right seam, across to the left side. Yeah, which is very fascinating because when I first saw you knitting on it, you were doing the star, um, in, uh, not Tarja, ferrile portion, and I just mm -hmm. assumed that was the yoke area, wasn't a, a sideways stripe. Yeah, no, right? it's, um, so this one, I've got just kind of a basic filler brocade um, that does most of it, and then... Yeah, that uh, Celtic knot stripe that actually goes go. up from the bottom of the sweater over the left shoulder and down the back. Kind of like those, are they called racing stripe shirts? You know, the ones that were popular in the 90s and they had two, like the shirt was white or something like that. It had mm. two like racing stripes that went up just only one side of the shirt. Am I calling it the right thing? But it's kind of like that, but it's a lot more, a lot cooler. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot yeah, freaking it, cooler. It's a style I've seen a lot of when you get into some of the Slavic uh, yeah. patterns. Um, that you just mm -hmm. have that really intricate, it's generally embroidery at that point. Mm -hmm. But going up in that off-center stripe. But the fact that it's knit flat, A, mm -hmm. B, side to side. Like, you did not choose something easy <laughs> for your brother. And she keeps telling me. Uh, that she's knitting it on fingering weight yarn. And I'm like, well, if that's fingering weight, that is stinking f light fingering weight. Like, it, wait, what? Is it knit picks? No, it's not. Uh, it's no, alpaca. this is Cascade 22. Okay. Or Cascade 220. 220, okay. It's their fingering weight. So that is Cascade fingering? Mm -hmm. Really? Um, The pattern is actually meant to be done with, like, a Shetland wool. Okay. Um, so wool, wool that's kind of sticky. Yeah, I okay. couldn't find one mm -hmm. um, that had the colors we wanted, or that was honestly affordable. Because even if you yeah. about Jameson and Smith, like I couldn't, I can never afford to knit a sweater out of Jameson. And yeah, because this had like Jameson I must have bought close to like two dozen skeins. Really? To get um, because there's also some. Um, other colors no, that, that get no, shot in for highlights. Yep. Yep. But yeah, no, I probably got, and I bought like 12 50? skeins of the dark green. That's my base color and mm -hmm. like 10 of the cream. And then I had to, uh, and then I've got like five other colors of white, a red, a couple blues, a yellow. And why did you choose this pattern for him? Um, so I went through um, poking around Ravelry mm -hmm. and I had a list of four or five patterns and it's like oh I could see my brother wearing this and mm. I would be interested in making it because mm. you really enjoy the process I really mm -hmm. feel like you're a process knitter yeah yeah and I have that done actually for most of my family <gasps> so I've got a list of ones that oh I think my mom would enjoy this pattern mm -hmm. or I think my dad would enjoy this pattern and then I sit down with them and say hey here is a list of things I would be willing to knit. Mm -hmm. Pick one. And mm -hmm. this is the one that he fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And we worked out the colors. Because yes. um, the original pattern has it done in kind of this odd brown-gray taupe. Oh. That 
it looks just fine. Very understated, though. Very understated. Um, Do you realize that you're... The green is pretty much the same as your shirt right now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and it's like I just the noticed. exact same color <laughs> that my dad's sweater is done. Oh my goodness. Your family does have a type then. We do. But you guys look amazing in this color, I mm-hmm. think. Well, I mean, if your family's like you. Yeah. Which, are we going to meet your family since your parents are going to be here? Um, Probably not because I go back to work right when we're done with our trip. Okay. So... So it won't work it, out. It was yeah. kind of a, I love you, but please go away. Yeah, yeah. But what an epic adventure. Uh, uh, Mira and her parents are about, uh, is your brother going? He is not. Okay. He's in the Navy, so he couldn't get. Well, he's already on a ship then, so he's all good. He's on land at the moment. <laughs> oh, oh, he's he, on land, okay. Yeah, he's got his land-based turn, but yeah, we've taken all of his advice on what to do on a ship. But yeah, they're going on the epic Alaska cruise that... I think every Alaska needs to go, Alaskan needs to go on because you guys are going to all the places that we can't get to because it's way too expensive to fly inside Alaska. Yep. So you're going... And you can't drive there. No, you can't drive to these places. There's another airplane, but maybe it's high enough that it's not interrupting. If it is, I'll cut it out. But, so how long have you been working on this project? You've got the front done. Yeah. I've got the back done. This back. is the front. Okay, sorry. Back. Um, when I got to the point where I'd have to decide whether or not to put the um, neck cutout mm-hmm. in, I looked at it and decided, hmm, this is kind of my first big foray into the stranded color work. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, those first 20, 30 rows, they, they've got some weirdness in the tension and whatnot. So we'll make this the back. <laughs> ah. I see. Um, so that was the logic, and hopefully now that I've figured out, like, how to <laughs> hold my yarn around my knitting thimble and through my fingers and stuff so that it's really consistent uh, time to time, uh-huh. um, the front looks nice. <laughs> yeah. And you've been working, You it took you how long to do the back? Um, A year, right? No. Well, there was, like, seven months where I didn't knit anything. Oh, okay. At all? Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, Okay. Um, or, yeah, I might have done a scarf for my boyfriend, but, yeah, I wasn't really knitting much, um, until she ran into us at the tea shop. There you go. Right. Right. And we were like, we've got to get a knitting group going. (laughs) Yes. And thank you to you guys for doing that, doing all the work for me so I could just come and enjoy your company, Mm. but... Um, and some of it was, um, I mean, being a teacher, I get busy during the school year and this is absolutely a pattern. Now I could take this to a faculty meeting Mm -hmm. and do it while still paying attention. Well, you're doing it right now for heaven's sakes. I've been very impressed. She's been knitting the entire time she's been explaining her project to me. And I've just been sitting here with Jimmy on my lap. So, um, but yeah, functionally, I mean, this filler pattern, there's two different rows to it. But still, still. Um, would you knit this again? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I, an epic knit, isn't it? Like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the th- main thing that I'm not fond of about it mm-hmm. is how much seaming I'm going to have to yes. do when it is done. Yes. Not only front and backs, but you got the sleeves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so... And probably the collar has to at least be picked up. Uh, the collar is a pickup and knit. Okay. So I won't have to do that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and these sleeves are actually knit flat as well. So what I'm going to... the bottom band? Do you, will you have to pick uh, up and That is that? a pickup and knit brioche. After, oh, brioche. Holy cow. Yeah, it's a brioche ribbing down there. So I have to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah. I've done brioche, but I've not done brioche ribbing. I don't think I could. Well, it's just a two-color brioche. Yeah. So it looks really cool. Uh, my Alaska skirts, I've, done, I've knit that twice, and that's brioche. I would knit that a third time, too, actually. But, um, yeah. Is there Are there any problems with the pattern, or just it's mainly the construction? That it's is the construction yeah. that... Um, yeah, the pattern itself, um, I'm quite enjoying. Mm-hmm. And th- this is, I also had to somewhat get used to the feeling of the yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do a lot of work, um, with Superwash. Yeah. Um, and like, I love the Plymouth Superwash stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, this is a, it's not Shetland. Mm-hmm. But it's a much more sticky wool. Yeah. And so just getting used to the feeling of that on my fingers. And we're going to pause again for another airplane. And while we do that, you can look up the pattern name. All right. So, Mira, what was the name of the pattern? Okay. So with that break, I managed to grab hold of my pattern. This is the Celtic Heart Knot Gainsey by uh, Jean Hay Penny. Jean Hay Penny. Hmm. Wonder what else she's designed. I want to look. I want to look it up. I, I think anything she's probably based off of what you're knitting. I think she's too much for me. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm reminded as I switched to go the other way. I'm not fond of doing stranded color work flat. Yeah, I in, the, in the round, it's a lot round easier. Is much better. I'm not pearls? a fan of the purling color work. Yeah. Uh, no, fun. thank you. That's why I like. Yes, I'm with you. I'm in the round color work kind of gal. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. We wish you good, hearty health and good luck on this. I, th- I don't think you need luck because you are, um, you're one of those intellectual knitters. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you're really good at problem solving and being patient with the process that it's not, you don't need luck. Whereas I would definitely need luck. I dive in without thinking too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, <coughs> all right. So on to Lisa. Lisa, what are you working on right now? So I am working on something that was the result <coughs> of successful <coughs> subliminal messaging and marketing. Uh-huh. <coughs> I was looking at Amazon's <coughs> usual one me, day. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. She was and looking was, at Amazon. I think my cough covered that up. Sorry. Like usual one day. Mm-hmm. And I like to see what Amazon suggests that I might like. And then if I agree, I put it in my cart and I think about it for six months. <laughs> so one day I was I know, on my, Amazon. My cart list is so long right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And occasionally I go through it on a payday and I'm like, okay, do I really still want this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one day I opened up Amazon and it had the Hue Shift by Knit Picks. Yeah. And it was a kit for thirty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. or you could get a kit for forty nine ninety nine with the stitch markers and the needles and the you know, things, shebang. Yeah. Which I wouldn't need. So, but what I remember thinking when I first saw it was, yeah, I've always wanted this. And yeah, because it's been out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So then I 
added it to my cart and then I went and looked at Nitpick's website and I saw the other color variations and mm -hmm. Amazon had um, the rainbow version and the jewel, jewel tone, mm. jewels, something like that. So I looked at both of my options and I mean, all of this probably happened in the space of about five minutes. <laughs> and then I purchased the rainbow hue shift with no uh, supplies and I, I was real happy about it. I was looking forward to it with anticipation. And a couple days later, I thought, I don't remember ever seeing the hue shift before. Yeah. I don't remember always wanting it. Like, I feel like <laughs> it just created a memory. <laughs> well, do, do you think you really did create a memory? Yeah. <laughs> I really think it was successful marketing and subliminal messaging. I don't know. I don't, because I've looked at it now multiple times on Ravelry to see other people's comments and mm -hmm. um, versions of it. I've looked at the nitpicks again. I've looked at the crochet version. I don't recall ever seeing it before. I didn't know there was a crochet version. Mm -hmm. I might have to look at that. Yep. No, so, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. <laughs> um. So, the, well, actually, there are a lot of complaints about the crochet version. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Good to know then. <clears throat> so, um, so then it arrived, and okay. I was like, "Well, I'm busy working on my son's uh, cable afghan. Okay. It's Nora's vintage afghan." That's the one you're knitting in blocks, right? Yes. Okay. Where each block is a different cable pattern. Mm. And that pattern is in five colors in the pattern, mm -hmm. but I'm doing it in three. And mm -hmm. I already have all that sorted out. And, um, you know, I was trekking along with getting squares done. Mm -hmm. And then this package arrived, I think it was April 3rd, because my first photo of it in my house is April 3rd. Mm. And I haven't been able to keep my hands out of it ever since. Yep. So I'm almost done with the first quadrant. You do that. You go down a rabbit hole quick. Yeah. Don't you? And I love it. I, I mm -hmm. love how deeply you dive into things. But everything ends up getting done. Yeah. It's so it's it's not like it's not like you're like me who has, I don't know, at least fifty. Not on the needle, but we're talking in hibernation, haven't touched in over a year. Oh, no, I do. Some of them Well, <laughs> I have like I've got one sweater that I can't no, it was a shawl. I cast it on probably back in 2009 and it's still only half done and I want it. I want it so bad and it's gorgeous yarn. I just never work on it. I don't, I can't, I literally cannot explain it to you. Yeah. I have things like that too, but I'm, but everything does get done eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I will, um, circle back to it. So, and the other thing I think is there's so something so tempting about starting a new project that's so light and tiny and yes. you're not sweating under it while it's hot in the summer. Yes. And as this thing is growing and it's hot in my house at night, mm -hmm. I don't want to work on it. I want to work on something smaller and lighter. Mm -hmm. So do you have an alternate project? Last night I was working on this and sitting under it sweating. Oh wow. Watching uh, Strange New Worlds. I was Strange like, New World. what let is me, is uh, the new stars, no, no, the new Star Trek. The new Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. You can't say anything because we've only watched the first episode. No, I won't say anything, but okay. I will say that I was like, well, let me see how far I can get in this episode. Cause I had two episodes mm -hmm. uh, waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And then I got halfway done with one of the squares. Okay. And within the quadrant. Within the quadrant. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I was like, well, I might be able to get the second half of that one square done in the next episode. And I did. Wow. So, like, between watching the show and Sweating. being motivated to get this quadrant done and also uh, wanting to finish the last two squares of the quadrant today, mm -hmm. yeah, I was willing to sit under it and sweat last night. <laughs> well, there's, what, uh, so is there four quadrants? There's four quadrants. Okay. And each quadrant has different combinations 
of uh, colors mm -hmm. being paired up, but two of the quadrants, um, the combinations end up being the same, but in different placement. Okay. Yeah. So it's a total of 10 different colors. And then they send two skeins of black for a border. Oh, I would not want to do a knit border on that. Picking up all those stitches. Mm -hmm. Or wait, are you, oh, wait, is it is it a pick up and knit all the way around? Or is it a back and forth short row, do you think? It it's back and forth along okay. each side. Okay. And you just pick up and knit the additional. Kind of like the log cabin blanket. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Never mind then. That that That's manageable. Uh, for some reason in my head, I immediately went to this place of she's having to pick up all the stitches. Well, I probably would rather do blanket. it. If I do decide to do the border in black, I probably will do it in the round. That'll really? be easier for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I can so just, um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, that'll be a winter project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are absolutely right. See, these mm -hmm. are all things we have to consider mm -hmm. for timing. And then I also thought I'm going to take a big trip soon. And I thought, oh, yep. these little squares are so little they'll be um easy for me to work on but as the quadrant has grown i've decided no it'll be too hot yeah because where are you going again i forgot uh greece greece in august <laughs> yeah so, that is not going to be a place for heavy knitting <laughs> exactly like this got heavy all of a sudden it, yeah do you remember how tiny it was yeah. at the beginning uh-huh yeah but now that i'm on the farthest other side of the corner well, I want to talk about what you're going to, what your future plans for knitting are for both of you. But before we do that, I know I have to talk about my project, but um, you're actually using the same yarn that I'm using. Yes. So what are you using right now? It's this Brava from Knit Picks, and I've never heard of it again, because even though I thought I had always wanted this the first time I saw it. <laughs> um, so I opted to, you know, just get the kit because it's already put together and all the planning has been done with the shades mm -hmm. and I'm really enjoying it at first it felt Weird. a little fragile to me because I don't generally use what is what is it's 100% acrylic and this is a, a sport weight yarn okay yeah so I don't usually yeah you're things. not a fingering weight sport weight mm -mm. gal you're always a worsted weight aren't you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. so to me at first it felt um, like I needed to be really gentle with it and just more recently as I've gotten this far with it I've come to realize, no, it's pretty hardy. Yeah, it's like very hardy. It's, um, I'm not splitting it. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not collecting things where when I bring it with me wherever I go, like it's, it's just a nice acrylic, and the shades are really, really nice. They're so vibrant, and they, and it, they, well, they go through the entire rainbow, and I, I absolutely love it. Um, I currently have enough of acrylic sport weight Brava to crochet myself up an entire sweater and I think that that was a really stupid idea but my mom was buying so you know mm. but that's why you're so hot is because the acrylic doesn't breathe at all so it yeah. just maintains the heat and you yeah. have that on your lap mm -hmm. like right now we're sitting in the sun you've got to be sweltering and I probably got the equivalent of three full skeins yeah, sitting in my lap. On your lap yeah. right now. Yep. Whereas I <laughs> have a have... tiny little square in my <laughs> hands. Because <laughs> I am knitting on my Battenberg. The last time we talked, I had about 200 plus squares done. And I went over to my mom's house and we laid it out on the floor and we re did the math and we realized that for a sport weight Battenberg a throw blanket for their camper, I would need about 460, or no, maybe it was 490 squares. So I'm not even halfway done. 
Yep. Whoa, that's a yep. lot of ends to tuck in. Yep. And we also realized that I had already crocheted through the colors that we had purchased for the blanket, which meant that we did not have enough. We oh. only had half of what we needed. So my mom very delightedly went on to Knit Picks and ordered up a bunch of new colors. So I am oh, nice. currently I am currently knitting, I mean, crocheting on colorway fairy tale. Yep, that's one of the colors in this. Yeah. Oh, that's and I, that, that, so that is too. That is too. And that is teal. Too. Yeah. I like. I don't have that one. one. Oh, I love the canary yellow. I no, love that canary's one. not part of this. But yeah, they really have such a great No, the, your yellow is... This one is... No, that is canary. Oh, okay, wait, so wait, mine no. must not be canary. Oh, no wonder. Okay. Yeah, those are very different yellows. Yeah. So I must not have canary here. I thought Butter I did. yellow, maybe? I might. I have... And that's how I describe it. No idea if that's the color Oh, wait, you know what? I have the... <laughs> <laughs> I have the ball bands in here, so Lina and I just, I, I, I purloined a, what, I think maybe sheets came in this package. Well, that's what I always use. I, yeah. See. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Project after project. Yeah. I so, might even get flannel sheets just for the bag when so, they're super on sale. Yeah. <laughs> and it's time to get new flannel sheets. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So here we go. All right. So I have crocheted up one skein of Tranquil, which is, which uh, Lisa says is in her blanket. Mm -hmm. Actually, I see it there, mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. um, then, which is a sea foamy green, I guess. Would you yeah. say that? Yeah. And then the yellow that we were just wondering about is called custard. Okay. So that actually works. That actually does really well. And then the. Is this marina? Well, the the uh, other skin that I finished was is called seashell. Ooh. It's kind of like that pearly, weird, pinky color yeah, you peach. get peachy pink that color. is like my yeah. mom's favorite color i, I did a color. while ago i did this kind of lacy um spiral shawl <gasps> for her in that in color? about that color oh that would be so stunning um and my grandmother loved it so much she's like oh if you want to make another one i would love it it's like okay. is that a pattern you do again yeah I okay do that one again. well then there you go um then i've i've crocheted up two and a half skeins of just plain white because that's the main color. I'm currently, like I said, working on Fairy Tale, which is kind of a reddish purple. Like a fuchsia? Fuchsia, fuchsia, that's a good That's a good one. And then I've, Mom also picked out Mulberry, which actually, yeah, it looks like Mulberry Wine. Well, Mulberry Wine's a little more blue, isn't that's it? That's a really pretty purple. That's a gorgeous yeah, that's like purple. a nice royal purple. Yeah, royal purple, there we go. She picked out this blue here, which she was nervous about, but she really loved it. And I said, you know what? If that's... we don't like it, I'll just do one or two squares or I won't do it at all. I think that's another one. I Celestial. Okay. No, mine's a little. Well, no, wait. No, that is the. That looks the same. Yeah. It just looks. It looks darker because of that. What green is that that you have next to it? That's this one. It's gorgeous. This is alfalfa. Alfalfa. <laughs> I never would have thought to put those two together. But I know. At first, I didn't like these combinations. Like, I didn't like. I don't even like this color, but it's starting to grow. It's growing on, me. on you. Not like alfalfa. Yeah, alfalfa. <laughs> and then I really didn't like this. Yeah, it that. Like a a squirt, yeah, yeah, a school colors uh -huh. or something. Uh, she's um, the canary, uh, canary and, and celestial. Yeah. Because the, they're really intense colors. It looks like a Harry colors. Potter scarf or it something. It does, actually. You're right. <laughs> but in the big scheme of things. And it's actually... Okay, wait. No, there's two squares. Because there's two squares of each color combination. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Except for the solid, right? Uh, this will be solid... Um, this will be solid uh, yellow at the end of this. Okay. So it just the solids go up. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Only one mm -hmm. of the solid. Uh -huh. Okay, I get it. Yeah. 
the thing the the blanket like it tricks you yeah. just looking at it yeah there's so much complexity to it yeah so well i got that and and so like if it doesn't work it doesn't work it's totally fine i'll i'll do something else for it because my mom just absolutely loves that color it's but beautiful. we're not gonna know until i crochet up a square and we try and with all the color co mm -hmm. color combinations mm -hmm. she also picked out the colorway hunter which think of hunter green and you're right on target and the last one that Lisa really liked just now was the color Marina. Oh, I have a lot of Marina. This I is love one, that This color. is one of my all-time favorite colors of theirs. Yeah. Right? It's a really gorgeous teal. Yeah. So my new plan is that I have the white skeins. I've got lots of white. She also purchased some more white. Um, I've got the white skeins in the car, and I just crochet on those when I'm sitting somewhere. Do we need to pause? I think we do. Hold on. Okay, actually, I forget where I was. Okay, the white skeins are in the car, and I just need to crochet on them whenever I'm waiting on something. And But right now, my goal is, previously, I would just pick a skein, and I would finish the skein. That was how I was doing it. But now that we've got all these extra colors and we need to start seaming the blanket together. Mm -hmm. My new idea is either 10 or tw 10 or 15 squares of each color so that we can get going on it. So currently I've got two, four, six, seven. Is that it? Did Jimmy knock any more over? Oh, nope, there was square. one. Did you get it? I think I got them okay. all. Jimmy was out here playing with them. So I'm on the eighth of the 10 squares of the fairy tale colorway um so i'm gonna do those and then just move on to one of the other colors and when i've got 10 of each of the new colors we're just gonna start laying it out and see what we think so we'll just do that maybe with that celestial blue maybe i'll only do one or two mm -hmm. just since we're so hesitant on it mm -hmm. and once i cut the yarn i cut the yarn and it's such a small piece i don't know that it'll be usable after that but yeah, that's it. So um, that is what's on the needles for all of us, even though it's not technically, because I know Lisa's got a sweater pattern on the needles, unless you finished it. Is that what you're gonna talk about for your FO? Oh, no, I had to put that down because it's 100% wool and it was getting too hot to work on. <laughs> I'm, up to, I'm up to the gray and white section. Okay. I got through a couple of the color work. I got through I finished chart one, let's put it that way. Yeah. Chart okay. one is done and my decreases are done and I'm at the beginning of chart two. And you've joined, so you've joined, you're on the you're on the yoke. Yes. You've joined it all And I'm doing it in the round wow. instead of back and forth like mm -hmm. Mira. Cause it, that was a, again. that was a knit yeah. flat pattern too that I modified. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, now that we're talking about it, you got, you, do you remember the name of the pattern? Uh, Petterin? I could look it up. Okay. I should look it up. But it's by, it, it was from a book that you got from Joann's. Yeah. Just randomly. Made by Lion Brand mm -hmm. for their jean denim series of acrylic yarns. And I actually originally bought that book because it had a pants pattern. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I finished the pants for my son who lives in Fairbanks, I've looked through the book at the other sweaters and I actually want to make each one. Yeah, after all, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty epic. Um, for me, I literally have no other things on the needles because I finished everything else and tomorrow's my birthday and I refuse to cast on, I'm really tempted to cast on my sweater 
uh, for my birthday yes. today, but I told myself, no, it's your birthday cast on. You are not going to do it. Now, when I say I have nothing else on the needles, that's a complete another lie. I've got, <laughs> like, I, like we were just saying, I've got like 50 other projects, but right now we're just, we can only crochet on knit on, and on things that are gentle on my hands and arms. That's my rule. And everything else that I've got on the needles just aren't in that category. Except for maybe my rose sweater from, oh golly, I lost the name. Cecil? Cecil? No. He's a pretty, he's a pretty awesome knitwear designer. Yeah, anyway. By the way, if I haven't mentioned this already, uh, the show notes this time are going to be in the actual... Uh, description of this podcast so things I don't think I can do links in that but I will put down each of the patterns that my friends are working on or any patterns that we've mentioned at all at least I'm gonna try if I forget I forget you can message me all right so let's talk about what we finished all right so my friends when I talk about what's on our needles, I term that segment on the couch. So this next segment that we, with finished objects, I term it as on the shelf. You know, like finished book. That's mm -hmm. what I had in my mind. Finish a book, you put it on the shelf. Um, so, Mira, do you want to talk about your really cool FO? I think sure. it's super cool. Just saying. So, um, because... While I really love my current sweater pattern, there's some things that are a little bit annoying about it, aside from the fact that um, a single side is over 200 rows. Mm -hmm. And um, so I wanted to do something smaller, something quick. And I've been thinking for a year or so, it's like, hey, socks would be fun. And socks are pretty quick to knit. Yeah. So you I would think just fit, well, they're quicker than a sweater. That's true. That's true. So I just finished my first ever pair of socks. And you didn't choose just plain stocking net socks that you could knit as you're watching TV and so on and so forth. I, I did watch know. TV while knitting these. You did? Uh, yep. Uh, once I managed to memorize the cabling pattern and not for the whole sock. Yeah. Um, so these are a really nice, like, combination, some cable, some lace. A um, traveling stitches, definitely. Yeah, it's, um, I think that's actually what the pattern is called. Oh, yeah. Um, is the, like, traveling stitch socks. Mm -hmm. They're way too big on you, sweetheart. They are. I was paying attention to, like, what the measurement recommendations were, and, yeah, they're, like, at I think you at thought least your half feet, an inch. Yeah, I think you thought your feet were bigger than they are. Well, I wear a nine and a half wide. So, so <laughs> I was guessing. I also made a couple really rookie mistakes like on, what? on not reading my chart patterns right for the pattern of the, the toe. Oh, for the toe. It, yeah. Yeah. Heels fine. Yeah. Heels um, great. And also I completely missed the fact that, um, the book I have is really odd in that it says we used this yarn mm -hmm. and it gives the weight and length for one skein mm -hmm. and then in parentheses next it says times two so it's times just two. really it used two of them okay were they and 50 gram skeins do you think like were they smaller skeins no they were big these socks are meant to go half calf <laughs> i did not know that okay yeah. so um 
I, yeah, I am. These are, I like the length. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, we definitely miscalculated my yarn because I got down to like where at one point and I'm going, I don't think I have enough yarn. Mm. Um, but were you so, mentioning that at the last time we met? Possibly. I think, um, I think this is actually some of know. the, well, Annie helped Annie me helped with you. the original okay. one. Okay. Um, this actually, I think is some of the nitpicks, little two skein sock things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would definitely do this pattern. The Because it's not, it's not, it is, is it self-striping? Uh, it's a fade, it seems It's like. a fade. And barber pulling goes from like that tranquil uh, teal that we were just talking yep. about. Mm -hmm. It actually goes from, starts in a blue and then through a lot of the teal, through like a magenta and into a magenta fuchsia, um, fuchsia, fuchsia mix. mix. Yeah. Is it, it barber looks pulling. like it's two ply, like each color is barber uh, Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that is probably my biggest complaint yeah. about this yarn. Um, if I was just stock knitting it, it probably wouldn't have been such a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, but between the traveling stitches and the lace work with the um, slip slip knits mm -hmm. and the knit two together, mm -hmm. um, I had some really bad times with like splitting, splitting. yarn. Yeah, mm. I remember at the uh, that was... knit camp out, you were having a lot of splitting yarns and you were working on the heel, the first one. Yeah. What's traveling stitch? So traveling stitch is kind of like a cable, it's but it's a you... single stitch cable. What? Yeah, where you're 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 just moving the what? stitch over one uh, each row or round. So each so that's so pretty. Yeah, so it ends up looking like a cable, but you can do it without a cable needle pretty darn easy. Wow. Yeah. It almost looks like it has Celtic knots exactly. or like hearts in the yeah. in the pattern. Yeah, which I used a cable needle anyway cuz I'm used to it and I'm pretty fast at it. Um, mm -hmm. And also with the tendency of this yarn to, at least I mm -hmm. was having trouble with the uh, splitting the yarn. Mm -hmm. yeah. The cable needle made it a little safer. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you actually remember the name of the yarn? So we can warn people? Because um, <laughs> I, I can, don't think it's nitpicks because I don't think I nitpicks does that barber pulling. Look it up. And if you I don't know, I'm an expert when it comes to nitpicks. I mean, just saying. No. Um, because it is on my Ravelry, but that'll okay, take great. a minute. <laughs> yeah. But those are really darn awesome. I think the things that if you were going, that your next pair of socks, just being aware, we were talking about this before we started recording, just being aware that you want to think about the negative ease, both in length and width mm -hmm. on socks the next time around. And stop thinking about your feet being wider than they are. That's the name of the one oh, I'm doing in the round. Petrine? 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 It's so gorgeous. And then it's in this booklet. The Lion Brand. Lion Brand. No, Northern Lights Knits 8. Icelandic yes. inspired projects. It's pretty darn cool. I'll tell you the truth, though. If I hadn't seen you working on this sweater, I never would have thought to even want to knit it. Um, now, wait a minute. So is the whole book $4.99 or is just that? No, the whole book is $4.99. You don't have to get the book. I think each pattern is free if you buy them. Really? I think so. Patterns 8. There's 8 patterns. So if you go to okay, just so that one, Katrine again, yep. and then you go to ah. part of a collection. This pattern is available for free. Yep. So Dude. you don't have to do the booklet. So you could go to a uh, Lion Brand website, guys, and get this pattern for free. But if you look it up on Ravelry, it's Patrine Cardigan hashtag sign L eight O two five two by Nikki Epstein. Oh, Nikki Epstein's like 
she's a staple. So I didn't even know she did it. By the way, you're losing battery on your phone. No, thanks. <laughs> okay, okay, what about uh, your socks? So this was Knitting Fever knitting painted fever. sock. Painted socks. And it's gorgeous. But, it does look painted. Um, yeah, I definitely had maybe trouble not, with it not being very... Maybe not for cable socks. Yeah. Maybe for what? Do you think plain sock knitting? Um, yeah, I think if you're just doing stock in it or even, um, I was actually having more trouble with the lace parts of the pattern mm. and the splitting. Mm, okay. Um, so I think cabling could be okay. Okay. Um, but even if you're just sticking with a standard, like, knit and purl, mm -hmm. um, you're okay. I, I think you would be okay. Okay. Well, I have, Lisa's going to skip talking about FOs because even though I know she's got FOs, you know, thinking about it, you know, trying to bring it up into your mind is kind of difficult sometimes. I, guys, I have finished eight things just in the month of July alone. Wow. Yeah. But I'm only, <laughs> I know, I know. I have been, and the reason is, is I've gotten a lot of commission, uh, commissions. Hmm. And so I've been doing a lot of commission um, and presents crocheting um and then i designed a headband so but we won't talk about all those because the headband isn't published because while i can design i can't seem to get my butt in the chair to write down i mean i've written down the pattern in my phone i just got to put it onto the computer and design the actual layout of everything and that's it and then i can publish it but the one thing that I wanted to talk about is my Tia top. Oh my gosh. So I knit this. This is, is, I. So do you guys pretty. remember I was knitting on this yes. two weeks ago at Knit Group? Mm -hmm. And I was probably about right here actually two weeks ago. Yeah. Because I don't, I hadn't even knit the lace yet uh, on the, on the yoke. Um, this used two skeins of hazelnets, uh, sock yarn in the spooky colorway. And it was, I have 1.5 grams of yarn left. That is so out of two skeins. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is terrifyingly close. Well, I did it on purpose. I actually, when I was towards the end, um, I, I started weighing my skein every round. Mm -hmm. Once I was about at about 30 grams in my skein, my last skein, because I wanted to see how long, how much it would take per round so that I could calculate how far I could knit the length of the body before I started my mm -hmm. ribbing. I actually miscalculated. I got an extra round of ribbing out. I don't know how that happened because I thought it would take more yarn to do the ribbing. Because, you mm. know, bringing the yarn to the front mm -hmm. for a purl stitch and then to the back again, that takes up more yarn. And rather than just stocking it where the yarn is just going across the back. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I assumed I would need about 18 grams or, or did I, I think I said 18 grams of yarn to do five rounds of ribbing. Uh, no, I got six rounds out of it and the bind off round and I still had 1.5 grams left. So I really only needed like 13 grams for, huh. for five rounds. But um, I am super happy about it. The one thing I'm not happy about is when I joined my skein on the back, my second skein, I don't know if you guys can see mm -hmm. that, I don't know what happened. I literally have no idea what happened there. There's some weird knot thing going on. Here. Yeah, that is. It's a weird knot. Did you go thing. the other direction? Oh. That couldn't be. No, because then it would be pearl stitches on the outside. No, you're right. 
but you can tell see this is skein one and this is skein two because there's a time because i started integrating my second skein um about uh 10 rows before i was going to is this where you also drop. had a decrease those look like just decreased it just to me i might have had a decrease there because i had i had uh you probably had decreases in the instructions could have been it have but it's totally effed up and i don't say that word but but is i don't think any, arm? no it's right in the middle of my back right in the middle where was the beginning of your round uh underneath one of my arms oh so it would have been like right here actually i think it's the other side uh-huh but huh i don't care it's I'm beautiful. sorry. I like it. It and looks like a if you're looking that closely, compared to the front. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're looking really that closely is. at my back, I'm sorry. Dead center, kind of in the yeah. middle of the back. So, so yeah. like somebody shot just me right there. <laughs> or that could just be. That's so you know it's the back. Yes. There you go. That's how I will always know. But I don't no, mind. it's beautiful. But I'm telling you guys now, I'm knitting this again. And um, you won't see the back when you're wearing it. Yeah. Exactly. And so I don't it's care. It's so gorgeous. And I feel amazing feel in so this shirt. It feels so warm, too, even though it's light. I know. I've been wearing it out here, so it's been sitting in the sun because I got sunburnt yesterday, so I've been using this to cover up my arm. But, um, like, I knit this in two weeks, guys. Wow. Two weeks. Uh, now, granted, this is the size medium. I knit this U.S. size 7s for the body and 9 for the sleeves. That's the only change. Like, literally for the I-cord bind off for the sleeves. That's it. Mm. Actually, I think the sleeves have two rows, rounds, and then you I-cord bind off. But I feel amazing in this thing. That's really nice. I, uh, next time I knit it, I'm going to do the size small. I am going to knit it. I'm probably going to use up every scrap of yarn again and just let it be the length it's being. So it might even be mm. tunic length at that point. Because this is super wash wool. At knit, knit at such a loose gauge that of course it's not going to grab on each other it's just as i wear it throughout the day it's going to get longer and longer, mm -hmm. longer. Mm -hmm. and the style the way that it's got that swing yep. to it or the drape yep. of yeah, it that is, is just gorgeous gorgeous yep. yarn yeah hazelnuts guys if you can mm -hmm. ever get hazelnuts which i just got she just messaged me that she's going to do an update and i'm like i want to buy your yarn again <laughs> but that's neither here nor there um but Lisa, the reason I wanted to talk about this sweater is because you are going to Greece. Mm -hmm. If ever there was, a, and you are a sweater knitter, mm -hmm. so if ever there was a sweater type thing mm -hmm. for you to knit on, this might be it. Or the other sweater we were talking about earlier today, which, did I bring that out? I didn't. Uh, the lounging tee, mm -hmm. or lounging top by Hohi Locatelli. One of those two, but they're both in fingering. Are you going to be okay with that? I probably would, <laughs> now that I'm getting the hang of it. And fingering's yeah. not as delicate or needy as i thought it was yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah so and you could come home from greece with not only all these memories but a brand new sweater yeah as well because if i knit this in two weeks you would knit it up in one <laughs> it's gorgeous but and also size down if you decide to do the tia anybody who's deciding to do the tia size down um unless of course my gauge because uh, i didn't do a gauge swatch i just went for it uh so it might be that my gauge is off, uh, but I don't think it was off terribly. I'll measure it and see. I don't think it was off terribly, but so I, when I go to the grocery store, when I go to the grocery store, <laughs> when I go to the, the store store, up until this last year, I've always been at least an extra large, but mainly I buy 2X. 2X has always been a tiny bit loose on me, but that's what I feel more comfortable in. For this, I knit the medium. Mm-hmm. 
Now, granted, I've lost over 30 pounds. I've lost 40 pounds, actually, I think. 40 pounds, yeah. But still, the medium's big on me. I'm, I want to knit the small. Mm-hmm. You could get, I mean, I know you probably might not feel comfortable with it, but you could t- easily knit the small. Mm-hmm. But I like that swing that it has, yeah, too. Yeah, the swing is amazing. And it makes you feel, I don't think it makes me feel sexy, but it does make me feel... It's like a swishy skirt. Yeah. It's a shirt. Yeah. Makes me feel fun and, strangely enough, a tiny bit sophisticated when I'm wearing it. That's so beautiful. And then also goofy. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm giddy with it. So... But I obviously didn't weave in my ends well enough because I just saw one was coming out. But that's, I mean, I, I could go on about all the other things. I crocheted my, my sister up a doily. I knit a, I crocheted a blanket. I knit a baby sweater. Uh, two headbands that I designed. I've lost it. There's something else. Oh, the Starship Enterprise for Jeremy's birthday. That's cute. Yep. I still feel like I'm missing something. But... I feel like that's a good place to end things, mm-hmm. unless you guys want to talk about dream knitting. I mean, this is this is a good, hefty episode. This where was we're super at. fun. You guys want to do you. it again? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Because here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Jimmy just clapped his hands, listeners. Uh, I love doing my podcast, but it can get super lonely doing it on my own, talking into a microphone and just imagining people. It's so much more fun with you two here. <laughs> With real people. <laughs> yeah, with real people. This was really fun. Yeah. Good. I'm so glad. Well, just so you know. Oh, actually, I'm going to tell you guys a surprise that you guys don't know. So for our, uh, I've already talked about this on the podcast, but for our um, second uh, Alaska knit camp out, God, I lost my name. Um, I have a vendor for us. Oh my god! So a local company, well, local like two person or three person uh, yarn dyers, they're gonna come, and I just told them they could vend for free. Like, they they were really concerned about that, but I was like, no way! I want you guys to succeed, and it'd be really fun to have just a tiny little table with some of your special yarns. And if people want to get it, then they can. If they don't, they don't. You know, uh, but no pressure. But so that's the surprise there. So they're that's awesome. They're also gonna come on the podcast and be interviewed uh, too. But after that, if you guys want to come back on, because you guys will be further along in your projects. Yeah. And yeah. maybe you'll be back from Greece. Yes. Yes. With Greece yarn. Yeah. Oh my God! Is there such a thing? I bet I don't you it's know. silk. I bet you it's um, silk. Well, they do. There's tons of sheep. They do in Greece. Yes. Um, I've heard of lots of. Yarn so I Italy. imagine there's um, and turkey. I will definitely yarn out of well, something. And the person I'm traveling with, my friend, she's a knitter also. Oh yeah, you guys are gonna. So we will both be shops. keeping our eyes peeled. Now I want to go online and search out. I tried, but I couldn't. I couldn't figure out. It seemed like it was taking me to department stores that may have yarn in them, not no, yarn that's stores. That's not what we want. Exactly. No. Because yeah, there's. I mean, Greeks. Greece is really mountainous, and so yeah. y- you can get chilly. Yeah, but I, I there. literally, I don't even know if I've like gotten Peru. Any... <laughs> oh yeah, it Peru in yeah, the Andes Greece has like wonderful. the same climate that we do. Yeah, I I don't even think I've got any listeners from Greece. I've got listeners from all over the world, but I can't think of if I've got listeners. If you guys, my friends, if you have know any independent yarn stores in Greece message me Anders Mill Knits on Instagram Ravelry or Anders Mill Knits at gmail.com uh, or Little Kevin Knits at gmail.com 
you know, either one. Because we got to get Lisa um, prepared. Yes. You know? All right, my friends. No contemplation corner this time. No, uh, none of my other segments. I think this was really good and lovely. And I want to end it here on a high note. So remember, my friends, to knit what you love and love what you knit. Ta-ta for now.